Carl Gallops is a Baptist pastor from Florida and also a best-selling author. Additionally, he has an internet radio program that he uses to provide biblical insights about national and international events. Stay tuned for an interview with Pastor Gallops about the spiritual condition of our nation. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My co-host, Nathan Jones, and I have as our special guest a dear friend and pastor from Florida named Carl Gallops. Carl has been on our program before for the purpose of discussing his best-selling book called The Magic Man in the Sky. That book is the best defense of the existence of God that I have ever read. And Carl is also the author of a new book that is titled The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. It is an absolutely fascinating story about a world-famous rabbi who claimed that Jesus revealed himself to him as the Messiah. Now, in this program, we're going to interview Carl about the spiritual condition of our nation. Carl, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Brother Dave, thank you so much. It's good to have you on. Nathan, God bless you. Tell us a little about your radio program. I'm a subscriber to it. I know it covers the biblical perspective of national and international events. And how can people find it? Yeah, thank you. Well, we broadcast over 1330 WEBY. It is a 25,000 watt AM station on the Gulf Coast, the most powerful AM station between Tampa and New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. And we broadcast by radio to portions of four states on the Gulf Coast. But we also, of course, are linked up to internet streaming. And Mm -hmm. we stream live over the internet. Plus, you can pick us up on, on smartphones. Plus, we podcast. My program is called Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. Uh, you can get to it. The easiest way to get to it is carlgallops.com. And in the top right-hand corner, you'll see the link, radio, listen live, podcast. Click there. and takes you to the Freedom Friday website. Do you archive the broadcast? Yes. yes. So they can go back and look yes. at once. Yes, they can. And then how often do you do this broadcast? It's, it's once a week, and it's live. Uh, but but that's how we have such a large international yes. audience because they get up the next All morning. Right, what day of the week is it on? Fridays. Oh. Fridays from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time, 5 to 7 Eastern Time. Okay, 4 to 6 Central. Okay. Yes. And uh, can people call in or not? Oh, yeah. It's a live call-in show. Now, I interview people. I interview all kinds of authors and political figures and religious figures, but also people call in. We have lively discussions and debates, and we have a good time. Now, tell us, uh, uh, you have an unusual name for this uh, uh, program, as I understand. Persimmons? Uh, uh, what is it? Okay. Yeah, Persimmons. <laughs> yeah, it, Persimmons would be an unusual name. <laughs> no, it's called P.P. Simmons. P.P. Simmons. Yes. Now, yes, what yeah. does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a moniker. It's, a, it's an acronym for proclaiming the precious salvation of Jesus in many ways and many nations, uh, thus obliterating our nemesis, Satan. <laughs> P-P-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. <laughs> took a while How do you like that? that now, that is well, a mouthful. <laughs> it is. It is. But, uh, but when, when, when this ministry was started, it's become a, a network now. Now it's, it's now known as P.P. Simmons News and Ministry Network because we have a syndicated blog spot. We've got a YouTube channel that has right now, as we're doing this film, 30, 
three million sub, uh, viewers, thirty three thousand subscribers. Uh, just been up, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, three or four Facebook properties that go uh, with it. Um, gosh, I can't even remember all of the different properties. And then the the radio programs connected to it all. Plus, we have a a, a, a little um, internet television thing too. So it's TV, radio, everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a media empire. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it's a little empire, but it's growing. And praise be unto the Lord. Well, folks, I, I just highly recommend uh, this uh, uh, program of his. If you want to find a biblical viewpoint on what's going on in the world and in our nation regarding just about any topic, whether it be abortion or same-sex marriage, homosexuality, national debt, there's a moral aspect of these things and a biblical aspect, and you can find it on his radio program. Yeah, thank you. Carl, I, uh, uh, several months ago, uh, we were having a discussion and uh, you made, we were eating lunch together, I believe, and you made an interesting observation. You said, you know, David, what you and I believe today, the, the Christian values that we hold, the Christian doctrines that we believe in, were the center of Christianity 25, 30 years ago. And today, we are considered to be right-wing nuts on the periphery. Yeah. Yeah. Has it, there been that much of a shift in Christianity? I, I, I suppose so. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked every day that passes. Um, I, I can't think of, I mean, I'm continually running into uh, what I call just foundational understanding of who we are as, as Christians, as, as people of the Word with a biblical worldview, that, that people kind of, you know, I, I mean, I stand unashamedly that the Bible is the infallible, authoritative Word of God mm-hmm. for all of life. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, that was applauded. Now, oh, uh, you're, oh you're, you're on the terrorist watch list. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll give you another example. Who would have thought 25, 20 years ago that you would find major Christian leaders today talking about many roads to God? Oh, oh yeah. And if you talk about there's only one road, you yeah. are intolerant, yeah. you're yes. bi- bigoted, yes. and so forth. Yes, right? but now we must you know, kind of embrace the homosexual community, and we must you – know, it, it's, it's amazing, Dave. I, uh, you're right. That's why I said what I said. When, when you told me you were remembering something from a lunch time, I was panicking. I said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is he going to bring up? But, no, you're right. I remember saying that yeah. because it's, it's something that perplexes me every day that – I, I don't consider myself to be radical at all. I, I, I consider myself to just be mainline, firm, uh, uh, biblical worldview kind of guy. And but I, it's not mainline but, anymore. Wow. And I find that I'm preaching and teaching just plain biblical fact, biblical truth that's, that's substantiated by, by a plethora of Scripture. And, and you preach that and you proclaim that now and, and, and people zone, boy, they put a target on you and call well, you all kind of filthy names. The polls taken by the Barna Association and others clearly show that the average Christian today just simply doesn't even know the fundamentals of the, of the faith. No, they don't. They don't. They don't know the Word in its context. Now, there's the key word, context. Yeah. A lot of people can take snippets, you know, a little passage here, a little verse here. you people who claim to be evangelists who say, yeah, I believe Jesus sinned. I saw that poll. Nine percent of the population believe in evangelical Christianity, as in the Bible's infallible, Jesus was a virgin born, all the fundamentals of the faith. We're not just talking about people who claim to be evangelicals, but Bible-believing people, nine percent of our population. Unbelievable. It's just... It's no well, wonder there's so much apostasy in the yeah. church today because yeah. people don't know the Word. They don't know how to test anything yeah. by the Word. Yeah. May I share a theory I have? Yeah. I, I think a little over 100 years ago in our culture, 
we did something devastating. Well, it was done on purpose. It came from the pits of hell, but it was also planned by those uh, desiring to destroy the foundation of this nation. We began teaching generation after generation after generation that there is no God and we came from monkeys. Yeah. You see. And, 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 and that it was all a happenstance. It was a cosmic accident. And, and you think about it, guys. In some t- six to 10,000 years of human history, the best that mankind has been able to come up with, if you leave God out of the picture, the best they've been able to come up with and wrapped pseudoscience around it is <laughs> we, we, we came from a common ancestor with a primate that came from a rat, that came from a reptile, that so came yeah, from a fish, came that from came nothing. from, a, came from yeah. nothing. Yeah. It goes, you know, from nothing to man. That's the best they've been able to come up and with. And an interesting thing about that is that if you go back and look at the debates that were going on in the 20s that led up to the Scopes trial right. and all, you'll find that uh, the evolutionists were saying all we want yes. is equal time. Yes, we yes. just want to be able a to present hearing. our viewpoint along with yours. Right. Today, right. it's our viewpoint, oh, yeah. our viewpoint right. only, no other viewpoint. That's right. And they had that planned all along. Of course, Evolution yeah. is a fact. If you believe in creation or intelligent design, you're an idiot. That's what they had planned all along. And so we, we picked that snake up and we got bit by it. And the amazing thing about that, too, is that evolution has just fallen apart at the seams in terms of the arguments they present for it. DNA has actually destroyed it. Yes. I mean, how can you, how can you explain DNA? It's, it, it's a program of billions of characters of program that's put into each cell. It's an information system. That's right. An information a is system. more complex than a human being. Yeah. So it's supposed to be yeah. primitive. Yeah. Like an yeah. operational yeah. manual. Yeah. Now, did that just yeah. appear? Yeah. Information <laughs> systems do not just appear. They do not. I mean, there's nothing in our real world that ever have we ever observed or demonstrated or repeated or falsified an information system simply appearing. It's, it's just like doesn't buying happen. a computer without a motherboard and just sitting there and waiting for You're it waiting to... Waiting for it to just come to life. As yeah. a guy who used to program websites all the time, yes. I know that I can't put a website up with no programming behind it. Right. There wouldn't be anything there. Right. There'd be nothing. Well, if you'd wait 4.5 billion years... It would eventually... Right. It's right. the reason that yeah. world-famous evolutionists like Richard Dawkins have now said, well, we, you know, we're having to shift our thinking. And, sure. And we think maybe life came here floating on crystals in space. Yes, yes. That's not shifting your thinking. That's called shifty thinking. <laughs> but you know, but Science you know, fiction. But you know, back to the political thing. So here's where I tie it in. So when you take generation after generation after generation, what you're doing is literally, and this is an overused term, but it's the truth, you're dumbing them down. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're destroying the foundation of our culture, which is the Judeo-Christian biblical foundation. Now, that's not to say our nation was a, ever a solid Christian nation. Only Christians could live here and only Christians could no, be. No, but it was but based on Christian values. It was. It was. Our legal system, our school system, our society, our laws, our structure, our thinking was based on judeo Christian values, biblical values. So evolution destroys that underpinning. Now, now think about it. You say, we're thinking of the little kids. Yeah, but those little kids have grown up now. They're 50, 60 years old. They're running our nation. Yes. They're our lawyers. They're our, 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 our lawmakers, our congressmen. They are our uh, judges. They are, they are our presidents and vice presidents. And, 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 and so we wonder, what's wrong with our country? Well, we taught our country that there is no God and that their nearest common ancestor is, a, is an ape. And all of this kind of thinking has infiltrated the yes. church and the pulpit. Yes, it has. Why? Because a lot of them grew up under that as well. And mm-hmm. so they've constantly tried to figure out a way to, to mix them together. And, and, so, and so we've been marginalized. Yes. You know, it's, it's just anybody who believes the fundamentals of the Word of God is a, is a right-wing fanatic. Absolutely. But, but, but think of this, guys. 
you could not pull a baby out of a mother's womb and kill it unless you thought there was no value to life. You could not say that two men could be married and that be sanctified unless you thought there was no value to marriage, etc. And the only way you can get to those conclusions and others is by destroying the Judeo-Christian foundation. Evolution has done that. Welcome back to our interview of Pastor Carl Gallops, who is a pastor, author, and radio commentator. Now, Carl, big question. I need you to assess the Obama administration's spiritual impact on our nation. Well, I can begin it by doing it with one word, unprecedented. That's the word that Obama uses all the time, right? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a word that I use to describe it. Now, now please hear me. I want to be, okay. fair, I want to be fair about this. Yes, it's important. I, I do not believe that that, that he is the uh, epitome of all the evil that has befallen our nation. I do not. No. Um, I think, though, in our historical lifetime, he has become the exclamation point on the end of the sentence. In other words, for administrations prior to him, there's been, this, there's been a downward slide you know, for, for, for decades. Uh, and, and, but, but it's like that now we're at the point with exclamation points, but unprecedented. What do I mean by that? Unprecedented that a U.S. president and his vice president would proclaim on national and thus worldwide television that a marriage between two men or two women is just as sanctified as a marriage between a man and a woman. That's unprecedented. That's like shaking your fist at God. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Unprecedented that a U.S. president would take a, a, a federal law like the Defense of Marriage Act and say, I'm not going to obey that law. I determined that it's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Uh, unprecedented that uh, that a president and his vice president would 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 come out in such support of the radical homosexual rights agenda. I mean, I, I just keep going down the line. Unprecedented debt uh, that was purposely seventeen. That's a moral issue. Un- Yes, yes. It is a more, it's a biblical issue. It's unprecedented that our U.S. military has been forced not only to acknowledge uh, the homosexual lifestyle, but to celebrate it. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And chaplains must perform the wedding ceremony. Unprecedented. So, see, you see where I use that word now. You asked me. Never done before. Yeah, just unprecedented in our history. Mm -hmm. And and then when you consider that we're the number one superpower economically and and, uh, militarily, then that makes the office of the presidency, if not the most powerful position in the world, one of the top most powerful positions in the world. So now with Internet and instantaneous cable television, etc., it's unprecedented that this kind of a world leader would make these kinds of statements that now don't just impact our culture, impact the world. Unprecedented. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that comes to mind when you were talking about that is something that he has done ever since he came to office that I just consider an abomination. And that is every June he issues a proclamation. And that proclamation honors and celebrates the LGBT community, lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgendered community. A president of the United States celebrating this and asking the nation to celebrate it. Every time he's done that, and he's done it every June, I've written him a letter or I've sent him an email. Of course, I never get a response and express my, uh, you know, just amazement over it and why it's unbiblical and all. But this last time, I decided to take a different approach. I decided to become sarcastic. So I sent him a message and I said, Mr. President, I can't believe that you issued this particular declaration because you claim to be a man who believes in uh, fairness to everyone, 
uh, discriminating against no one. And I want to know why you discriminated in this uh, celebratory uh, proclamation. Why didn't you, if you're going to mention lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders, then why in the world didn't you include pedophiles, zoophiles, uh, fornicators, adulterers, and prostitutes? Why are you discriminating against them? Yeah. I didn't get an answer. No, I, I probably going to get an hour. You probably so. Probably yes. I was going to say probably have your taxes audited this year. You'll get an answer. Uh, well, you, you know, uh, brother Dave, I, um, I, uh, this this issue is 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 very important to me because you sp- spoke of it from a biblical standpoint. The fact that homosexuality exists has been around since the days of Genesis. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and this is my personal opinion based upon my years of research. I stand room to be corrected. I don't think that God so much brings his judgment on a culture simply because homosexuality exists. That's 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 a person's relationship with God and themselves and their sin nature. But where God's judgment seems to fall, if I'm understanding the scriptures correctly, is when a culture celebrates oh. and and legalizes and embraces the lifestyle as something that's normal Normal or, 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 or a declared part of our society, God's judgment and falls And to me, that. that is downright scary, and I'll tell you why. Romans chapter 1 says that uh, it describes a nation, uh, a society, and rebellion against God. And it says that when a society begins to rebel against God, God will step back and lower the hedge of protection. Yep. And the first thing that will happen will be a sexual revolution. Right. That happened in the 60s in yes. this country. Yes. Then it says if the nation refuses to repent, he steps back a second time, lowers the hedge of protection more, and a plague of homosexuality. Women after women, men after men, it's just as clear as it can the be. The Scripture says it. And it says that if you refuse to repent, he steps back a third time, lowers the hedge of protection again, and that time he turns the society over to a depraved mind, and the society destroys itself. And, and you know, That's where we are. Yes, and you know before this, this whole where we are now with the, with, the, with the legalization of homosexual marriage, etc. Before that, I said on my radio program, I predicted that if this were to come about, because I was, I was decrying back then the, the radical homosexual movement oh. of acknowledge us, acknowledge us, celebrate us. Uh, you have to like what we're doing. And I predicted back then, I said, if this thing continues to go, it'll go to homosexual marriage. But then that will be the impetus for pedophilia oh. and, and every other already, abomination. And it's, do, it's now happening. I was called all kinds of names on the radio. People, well, I'm a bigot. I'm a, you know, I, I can't even think of the names. There was a meeting uh, recently, a convention, where they brought in, for pedophile, yes. pedophiles, where they brought in doctors on sex yes. to talk about it yes. and try to get it classified. Normalizing it. As normalizing Yes. yes. They <clears throat> recently put a, a, a woman, they, this group pretended to be a little girl out in Asia, and they got... Over 300,000 hits to this website asking this 10-year-old girl, make-believe, it's computer animated, to take her clothes off. Yeah. And most of the hits came from the United States. Yes. So pedophilia is alive and rampant in yes. the United States right now. And, and that's the natural, I think, what, what you said, the biblical natural well, I, downhill slide yeah, of, of the giving over to a to go, Because if, if, you're going, if you're going to use your fundamental argument in behalf of homosexuality, that is born that way. That's right. Well, a pedophile is born exactly. that way. A murderer exactly. is born that way. I mean, we all have a fallen sin nature. It, it manifests itself in different ways. But you don't say, hey, I'm going to celebrate it. That's right. No, you try that's to right. put it under the control of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Mm-hmm. I may have... Uh, as part of my sin nature, um, a really hot temper. I may <laughs> want to just deck everybody that uh, it, uh, costs me. I might even want to kill somebody. I get so mad. 
But I don't do any of that. Yeah. Why? Because the Holy Spirit brings that under control. So people say, well, I was born this way. Okay, well, but you need to bring it under control before it consumes you. The movie Gravity came out, and in the one part, the main character, the female, sitting in a shuttle, she's going to die. And she starts, she knows she's going to die. She says, no one taught me to pray. She says it over and over again. No one taught me to pray. No one taught me to pray. And I think we're seeing the fruit of the fact that we have, as we abandon God in society, no one's taught anybody how to deal with morality, how to deal with life and death, how to deal with God. So getting back to the Obama administration, they're not the cause of the problems. No. They're a reflection of society. They are right? a reflection. Yeah. And, yeah. and that administration are people that grew up in this well, culture that we were talking about well, I love the way you put it. It's the yeah. exclamation point at the end of the sentence. We have rebelled against God since the 60s overwhelmingly, and right. God is putting judgment after judgment upon this nation, calling it to repentance. And the Bible teaches that one of the judgments God will put on a nation is to give them the kind of leaders they deserve. Yes. We have Obama because we deserve Obama. I, and we need to be on our knees crying out to God. David Barton is one of the great teachers about the Christian heritage of yes, he America. Is. And he put out a document recently on America's most biblically hostile U.S. president, which he said was Barack Obama. Here are acts of hostility toward the biblical faith. In April of 2008, Obama spoke disrespectively of Christians, saying they are the kind of people who cling to guns and religion and have an antipathy toward people who don't like them. In February, in April of 2009, speaking at Georgetown University, ordered the monogram symbolizing Jesus' name to be I removed remember. I remember before he would speak. In May of 2009, he declined to host services for the National Prayer Day. In April of 2009, in a deliberate act of disrespect, Obama nominated three abortion ambassadors in a row to the Vatican. The Vatican rejected all three. And he was doing that just to throw it in their face. On October of 2010, Obama began deliberately omitting the phrase creator when he quoted the Declaration of Independence. He still yes. does that today. Yes. He, he, he drops the word creator when he quotes the Declaration of Independence. Right. Uh, it says in November of 2010, Obama misquoted the national motto. In fact, he's done that several times. It, he says the national motto is e pluribus unum, rather than in God we trust. He will not admit that's the national motto. Uh, January 2011, after a federal law was passed to transform a World War I memorial in the Mojave Desert to private ownership, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the cross in the memorial could continue to stand, but the Obama administration refused to allow the land to be transferred as required yes. by law. February 2011, he filled posts in the State Department for more, he uh, 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 filled posts in the State, uh, State Department, but for more than two years, he refused to appoint a religious freedom ambassador. And right. he did so only because Christians came down. And the list continues on and on. And, and, and then he has acts of hostility regarding the military, acts of hostility mm. toward biblical values, acts of preferentialism for Islam. And, and almost every one of these that you're reading, they are, may I say it again, unprecedented in our absolutely. history. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's why I use that word. And when he went to Egypt and got up there and talked about the great Muslim heritage of the United States and of the founding fathers and all, right. I thought, who in the world is right. he talking about? Right. And he pointed, well, you know, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson had a Quran. Yeah, he had a Quran yes. because we were, our ships were being raided by Muslim pirates, pirates and wanted to find out what is the thinking of these That's people. Right. So he gets a Quran to read it to and suddenly he is, culture. Uh, you know, uh, 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 an advocate of Islam. Yeah. In fact, he used what he learned to bring an end to the <laughs> yeah. piracy and to uh, to wage war against that culture. Well, it's just it's just yeah. unbelievable it's what how fast our nation has moved 
in the wrong direction. It's an exponential curve of deterioration in our values. Yes, it is. That's why I said the exclamation point seems to be at the end of the sentence. It sure is. Yeah. Well, I have written about that in a booklet, a 40-page booklet called The Prophetic Manifesto, in which I talk about the terrible condition of our nation and the terrible condition of our church, and that the terrible condition of the church is one of the reasons for the terrible condition of our nation. And that's something that we want to make available to anyone who wants a copy, and we'll tell them how they get and it. And I in highly recommend program. it. I've read well, it. Thank it's you powerful. Yeah. Well, uh, Carl, do you have any final words? About this particular yeah, topic? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I find myself praying the prayer of Abraham a lot over Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord God, if there's 50 of us left, would, yes. you, would, you, would you bring a blessing? Would you spare us? If there's 40, if there's 30. I don't know where we are in that prayer, but, uh, but I, I just tell Christians, just stay engaged, stay on your knees. Amen. And we are to be the salt and light. That's and if it. we're not salt and light, standing up, speaking out, nobody will. That's it. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy in our interview with Carl Gallops, the author of this new book, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. Carl, could you tell us just quickly a little bit about this book? Yeah, please? thank you so much. It's the amazing story of Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri, 108 years old when he died in 2006. Prior to his death, though, he said he would leave a, a note that would be opened one year later in which he would reveal the name of the real Messiah. He claimed that he had had a vision of who the Messiah was and knew the name of the Messiah. He also claimed that Ariel Sharon, the prime minister then, uh, had to pass away before Messiah would come. Within a few weeks of him making that proclamation, Ariel Sharon went into a coma, uh, and then a few weeks later, Rabbi Kaduri died. One year later, the note was opened, posted on his website, and the result of the note, once the uh, cryptic message was interpreted, uh, threw the Orthodox Jewish world into a frenzy and uh, rocked the entire religious world, actually. And the media buried the story. It was so astounding. It was so amazing. It was so sensational. Uh, they, they just they, they buried it. Uh, they, uh, they covered it up, if you will. So this book, and there's been a documentary movie made about the book by the same title, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, the book and the movie uh, resurrects the story, brings it all all back into light, heavily documented, heavily resourced, and, um, and, and I'm excited about what God's doing. And they'll have to read the book to understand what was on the message. <laughs> I suppose, unless you want me to give it away. No, that's, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's giving away the ending. Uh, yeah, but folks, there's a, uh, let me just say that uh, uh, the book is fantastic, and I highly recommend it to you, <laughs> and uh, we'll tell you at the end of this program how you can get a copy of it, <laughs> and also we'll tell you how you can get a copy of this video right here called The Existence of God, and uh, this contains a 50 minute interview with Carl concerning the existence of God and the fallacy of evolution. It's a powerful, powerful program. All of this is based upon his best-selling book called uh, The Magic the Man in Man the Sky. Magic Man in the Sky. I went blank there Effect, for a no, The effectively Magic Man in the Sky, which is the term that atheists use for God. Yes. Uh, so we'll tell you how to get a copy of that at the end of the program. Well, Carl, I want to thank you for being with us. You're always a blessing, it's always exciting to have you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, folks, uh, as we bring this program to a close, I just want to uh, say that uh, in behalf of Nathan and myself, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. 
If you enjoyed today's program, you will love Carl Gallup's book, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. The book tells the fascinating story of Yitzhak Kaduri, the world-renowned rabbi who shocked Orthodox Jews in 2005 by claiming that the Messiah had appeared to him. He said he had written the Messiah's name on a piece of paper and placed it in a sealed envelope that was to be opened one year after his death. The Orthodox Jewish world experienced an even greater shock in 2007 when the envelope was opened and the name in the envelope was revealed to be Yeshua, or Jesus. This book is a classic example of investigative journalism that will keep you on the edge of your seat as the story unfolds. You can order this hardback book for a donation of $20 or more, plus the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order online through our website at lamblion.com. We're also making available the video album that includes two interviews with Carl Gallops about the reality of God's existence and the fallacy of evolution. The video is titled The Existence of God. It can be yours for a donation of $12 or more, plus the cost of shipping. You can obtain both the book and the video for a donation of $30 or more, plus shipping. Just request offer number 600. With any order from today's program, you can request a free copy of Dr. Reagan's booklet, The Prophetic Manifesto. Just call the number you see on the screen or order online at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 